0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is Margaret McSweeney, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today. For those of you who are new listeners, I'd like to take a moment to explain exactly what the show is about. I broadcast each week from my kitchen and invite various experts on a variety of topics to share their expertise, as well as a few recipes of life. It's a way to explore the world from the kitchen table, and and I'm just so thrilled that today we have John Catlin, who is joining us on Kitchen Chat. John, welcome.
1: I'm so glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Ah, uh, John is a recent graduate from Barrington High School, and you might be saying, "Well, he's very young, and and what can he be an expert in?" Well, actually, a big congratulations to John who just received and earned his Eagle Scout this past weekend. Congratulations! Thank you. That is a huge accomplishment. I'd I'd like to learn a little bit more about uh, the Eagle Scout program because it's very intensive, and I understand that you have to earn 21 merit badges. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about that process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I guess the way to start is um, really that scouting is a long-term commitment. Um, I started... I joined uh, Tiger Cubs and Cub Scouts um, when I was in first grade. So getting Eagle was a 12 year process for me and the skills really compound on each other um, and help you get through uh, all the way to the end. And um, along the way, there are various ranks and you know, it's designed to keep you achieving basically. And um, I suppose so What distinguishes Eagle Scout from all the other ranks, um, there are several lower ranks um, is that uh, the things you normally think of boy Scouts doing, uh, like tying knots, knowing first aid, all of those types of life skills
0: and being those prepared. are covered
1: in, <laughs> right, right those are covered in the younger uh, years, uh, but once you and it's very it's very scripted, you know it's it's written requirements in the book. You need mm-hmm. to know how to do this list of things um, but once you get to Eagle, there are really no instructions um you really have to blaze your own trail and you have to it's very vague language uh you have to do a service project um, in you know that meets certain qualifications uh and basically is is legitimate and for you know a sixteen or seventeen year old uh, that can be a really daunting task.
0: Yes. Now, how did you decide upon which project you would do? Did you have any guidance, or or do you just have to to choose a topic of interest?
1: It's um, there's a little bit of precedent, um, you know. In my uh, the troop I'm in, troop ten in Barrington, um, is has a really great was a really great foundation for me. Um, we produce a lot of Eagle Scouts. There's been, I think, like fifty in the past ten years. So and really, that's
0: impressive. Just on a side note, I understand that statistically there are very few, very few Scouts who go on to become Eagle
1: Scouts. Yeah, that's true. It's it's about two to four percent.
0: Wow. Um, so fifty from the Barrington area. That's that's impressive.
1: Yeah, it's so so the types of projects have been really diverse. Um I can think of people uh just recently of someone in my troop um renovated the sound system at their youth group at uh, Barrington Methodist Church. Um people have installed uh replaced ceiling tiles at religious uh places um and then most scouts tend to do outdoor projects. Mm-hmm. So um either installing benches or clearing trails or things like that. Um, so that was, I think, there was the most expectation, sort of, to find a project that's outdoors um, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, something like replacing a trail or something. You're encouraging more people to be outside, um, that sort of thing. And um, so my my first project idea was going to be doing something like that for the South Barrington Conservancy which is a new park that opened up, um, in, in my area. And so I went to the mayor and I got this process. I just, I thought this was a brand new place. They must need things, you know? Um, so, and they were very willing to back, um, an idea that I had to install, um, benches and things. Um, but it actually, it didn't work out the project. And I put a lot of work into it, probably like 50 to 100 hours of planning. And I had an advisor, both from the mayor's office and from my troop. And it was very, it was on its way. And um, what came up was that I was at Northwestern uh, taking courses for the summer.
0: Yeah, let me just interject here so our listeners can understand um, the brilliant voice we are listening to today, John. I have such great respect for you. You are going to be a freshman at University of Chicago in just a few weeks here in the fall, and prior to that, uh, you have taken summer college-level courses, undergraduate-level courses at Northwestern, Yale, and Harvard. So when you mention you were at Northwestern, sorry to interrupt, yes, but yes. I, I did want the listeners to, to have that background.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's a, it's a really important thing to me. Um, but so basically, that came in the way. Um, the village decided that they wanted, they wanted it sooner than I was going to return. So they paid uh, professionals to install it rather than having me uh, lead it. Um, so that project was just a wash, you know, in one decision. It was sort of eliminated and I was back to the drawing board. Right. Um, and that's not unusual for that to happen.
0: And that's a life experience, isn't it? As, as many of our listeners know, you begin down one trail and you end up realizing you have to, to uh, clear a different trail.
1: I think so. And um, it really got me to reevaluate um, what I was looking for in a project. You know, I thought, would I really get like life lifelong satisfaction out of you know, installing benches or things like that in a place that's very wealthy and um, really it's a luxury, you know, Mm -hmm. having a park. Um, And I, just that year I became involved in an organization called Brothers Keeper at Barrington High School, um, which basically does year round relief for the Crow Creek Indian Reservation in South Dakota which is it's the poorest content, uh the poorest county in the United States. The average income is something like five thousand dollars. Wow. It's um it's just a very sad uh sad place. And uh I came into contact with um that organization and it just started coming into my mind that maybe this would be a more fulfilling way to carry out my project.
0: Pat is that is just amazing, and I look forward to hearing even more details about how you organize something definitely that is outdoors, but in a completely different state, and how you, you rallied friends and strangers to get behind this project. Um, but, real quickly, I, I thought it might be interesting to share with the listeners. Um, you're listening to WebTalkRadio.net, and this is Margaret McSweeney on Kitchen Chat. And we're speaking with John Catlin, who is a recent Eagle Scout, and he has just joined the ranks of some other famous Eagle Scouts, including Steven Spielberg, Michael Bloomberg, mayor of New York City, Neil Armstrong, Robert Gates, and Gerald Ford. And is he the only president, John, do you know that is an Eagle Scout? I know he is
1: one. Um I don't know. I don't know of any others actually.
0: Yeah, so I I don't Yes, cuz in in uh researching about Eagle Scouts, he came up as being the only US president um mm. So uh so anyway, you are among great company and I I was just really surprised I think about Steven Spielberg. <laughs> that was Yes, <laughs> that was that was a neat surprise. So back to the service project, and and you chose to help the people, of um, on the Crow Creek uh, Reservation in South Dakota. So what project did you decide upon specifically? How did you um, determine what needed to be done?
1: Well, I um, I met with uh, Ray Pagentini is the sort of the mastermind behind this project, mm-hmm. and. It really—it's the perfect example of a grassroots-type um, impact just happening on the world. Um, Ray um, had, had had native influence in his life um, throughout his years, and he, as a guidance counselor at the high school, um, thought it it would be his mission to sort of bring that culture into lives of people who needed it, who could benefit spiritually from it in Barrington. Um, So he developed this program that's um, it's a, it's a trip from the high school to South Dakota for around two weeks to run a day camp and um, really just make, make these people feel appreciated and bring supplies um, and, you know, repair homes and things like that. And so I, I got involved with this trip and um, before going, I really thought um, I have such, you know, with just with my family, my circle of influence, I have plenty of people who I can think of who would be interested in helping me like fulfill this mission. Right. Um, so I, the project started with nothing. It started with paper hmm. and I mailed out uh letters like uh think I think around two hundred letters to all of my friends and family um just asking for anything these people could give uh from funds to um anything they really weren't using in their house. Uh a lot of people bought brand new things. Mm-hmm. Um and I you know and it really started with nothing and in the end just by mailing out letters I had almost $5,000 and, um, a huge trailer full of everything from, uh, old cookware, um, brand new clothes that people had bought, brand new school supplies. So it was really wonderful to see it all come in.
0: Oh, and how much time elapsed between sending the letters and putting everything into the trailer?
1: Um, it was quick about, about a month. Exactly. Wow. Maybe a little longer. Um, it was a very quick project and, uh, it had a deadline, a permanent deadline because I was actually leaving for South Dakota. Um, so it was, it was exciting. It was an exciting month. And I really got to interact with a lot of people who maybe my parents were acquainted with, but I didn't really know. Or Mm -hmm. people who, um, I made an event page on Facebook and a lot of people i who i hadn't talked to since maybe like grade school um, were also asked where they could send money to um, so it was really it was wonderful to to reconnect
0: and social media really seems to be playing a growing role on the fundraising side and and these events and getting people to get connected and and being able to join i think that's that is a, a a wonderful thing about the social media networks.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's really, really fantastic.
0: Use it to unite and and get behind some great things. So, tell us about being in South Dakota. What are there any stories that just really stick with you? Any experiences there in the interaction with the Native Americans on the reservation?
1: Yeah, um it's it's it, it's interesting to me that I feel a lot of um, maybe people who go on mission trips often really do understand this, but mm-hmm. it was a shock to me. I, I went there thinking that I was going to be helping these people. Mm-hmm. And what I guess what the wiser people know who have done trips like this know is that it really is a mutual exchange. Um, I left with so much, uh, cultural security and uh just little spiritual comforts that I wasn't expecting um just from their way of life um and it it really was it was just very mutual they're very eager to show us uh how they live um, and does so say maybe
0: things stand out, can you share like a little episode or a story of of um what really touched you?
1: Yeah. um, One thing was um, we do a thing called sweats while we're there. And it's a way of, it's a, it's a ceremony. It's a, it's a way of prayer Mm -hmm. and it's um, a small wooden hut uh, with a pit in the center, which is covered with uh, animal hide. And uh, you can fit, depending on the size, probably around 20 people into each sweat, uh, very closely compacted. Everyone just wears swimsuits and it's, you're really supposed to become sort of one unit inside the sweat. Mm. And, um, they put, um, hot stones on the inside and throw water on them. So the whole thing is, is steamy and it, um, it is an absolute darkness. Um, and meanwhile there's there's native um drumming and chanting, and it's just designed to sort of awaken your senses to you know with your absolute darkness it's supposed to connect you with the spiritual world uh and for me it was it was really fantastic people go people inside the sweat um experience all sort of um spiritual encounters they they see loved ones um They see animals that they connect with. um, And they just sort of feel in touch with the earth. You know, it sort of tunes out the noise. Uh, And so for me, that was a really great, um, that was just a really great experience. I think Mm -hmm. I left just really refreshed.
0: And is this like a tradition that has gone on for generations and generations within, um, with the people of Crow Creek? Yeah, it's um mm-hmm.
1: it's a very ancient way of prayer.
0: Wow. Oh, and how wonderful that this type of of outing gave you that that experience to interact and learn a completely different culture and and what were um since it's this is kitchen chat we need to to talk a little bit about food. Uh what were some of the the meals that were prepared? Did they have any special cultural um elements or was it like everyday food you get, um, you know, around the area?
1: Right. Uh, no, they had, they had very interesting foods. Um, one of the things, um, I suppose you, you could think of it as sort of like Mexican food. Um, they called them Indian tacos and this was like our treat, Mm -hmm. um, whenever we had a big meal and it was like fried, um, like a fried, uh, like flour, um, wrap, um, like a real, like almost like a crispy, like warm, like golden, uh, soft wrap for tacos with, um, sometimes there'd be, uh, Buffalo meat or ground beef with just interesting seasonings, things that we don't really have here. And they cook with sage, um, which is everywhere in South Dakota. Would say
0: uh, now, now, back to this buffalo <laughs> meat, did you try the buffalo meat?
1: yeah, um, they have buffalo jerky as like a really common snack,
0: huh,
1: and they're not hunted anymore, um,
0: okay, okay,
1: because they're protected, but they can be they're farmed um,
0: okay and and what cultural
1: yeah,
0: and what did you think about the taste of buffalo? Does it taste like beef, or is there a distinct difference, or what did you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh I think it tastes pretty much the same, like what you would expect, a little bit tougher maybe. Okay. Um but-, but it's it's interesting to see even though we have beef, you know, they still sort of I don't know, connect with with buffalo more.
0: Yeah, that that's fascinating that um you've tried Buffalo meat. So a buffalo taco then. But they had different seasonings. She said sage and any other identifiable ones that, that jumped out. Was it spicy or,
1: or yeah, it was kind of it was kind of hot. It was kind of like Mexican food. Um mm-hmm. without I don't know, maybe just different sorts of like peppers. I'm not actually sure. Uh what was in it. But it just felt very it, it was a very like messy food, you know. It it was just a it was a good experience you know you're all sitting around the the campfires you know we were we were outside just eating this messy spicy food you know it was very good
0: oh that's great but and did you sleep in huts or outdoors or what was the setup for that
1: or tents we just yeah we just slept in tents all of us that were visiting mm-hmm. and um some of the older people slept um inside at this camp we were at but most of the people, um, uh, just, uh, either slept in tents or to had homes nearby.
0: Hmm. Now, what is the community like? I mean, are there jobs or, or, I mean, what is the infrastructure and, uh, of the community?
1: Yeah, that's a really fantastic question. Um, it was, uh, it was kind of heartbreaking, uh, the answer, but, um, It really is, there are very low prospects for people who grow up on the reservation. Um, Some reservations are very prosperous and have, uh, you know, casino resorts and um, hunting type, you know, attracting like tourists to the reservation. Um, And that's really the way that they found to be successful. And Crow Creek is, I told you, I mentioned it's the poorest county in the United States. Mm -hmm yeah it um it does really have nothing um which is very sad um so one of the ways that really the only way that people can get out of that cycle is to leave the reservation hmm. um and I thought one of the most beautiful realizations I had there um and it took me it took me so long to get over this myself hmm. is the fact that they sort of chose poverty they chose to stay in this community and to live with less um, to uphold their spiritual needs and to, you know, care for their elders and to stay uh, on the land that was like special to them um, rather than to, you know, move away and maybe do slightly better off economically.
0: Wow. Wow. That is uh, what an experience to have at such a young age to to witness firsthand the poverty, yet the hope and the choice that they choose to stay there, to be with family and connect to their culture, just another great takeaway from from your scouting adventures. And we have so much ground ground to cover because, in addition to the Eagle Scout, and I I, I do want to to talk a little bit more about that. Um, John is also quite an expert for you parents out there who are listening with upcoming. Uh, seniors or juniors in high school who are trying to decide upon which college to attend and the strategy for that. And and even for um, those listeners who are students and um, are contemplating college and and looking at the option, John is going to provide you with some great insight um, as well on that. Um, Real quickly, if we could talk a bit um, about your survival because another requirement, I guess for Eagle Scout becoming an Eagle Scout is to, to find your way out of a wilderness. Is is that, does that aptly (laughs) describe the situation where you have to have that experience of survival?
1: Yes. That's one of the badges I earned was a wilderness survival. And the, um, the requirement for it is you have to build your own structure. Hmm. Um, You have to sleep outdoors in a structure of your own making, uh, for one night. And, um, that's something most, most people in our day have never done. So it's, 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 uh, it's interesting, you know, to show yourself that you can do it. And what structure did you build? People usually build, um, sort of like lean-tos, uh, but you get resourceful because, um, you know, you start to take from all sorts of different like plants and, um, you're forced to really work with the earth, you know, uh, with, um, what's around you. And, you know, it just makes you really conscious, conscious of, um, I guess the resources that you're actually taking.
0: Well, yes. In terms of keeping things green as well and not Mm -hmm. leaving the carbon footprint. Uh, which is so important. So I, I guess okay, back to this the spirit badge in terms of wilderness survival, do you you get to choose your own wilderness? Is that a fair statement? In terms yeah, of where it you could. go. And so where did you choose to go? And were you by yourself? Were you with a group? Can you bring cell phones? <laughs> what what do you do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, mine Mine was done at a place called Camp Napawan in Wild Rose Wisconsin which is mm-hmm. the camp that my troop has always gone to mm-hmm. and um so many parts of the camp are sort of worn in you know there's set campsites and trails mm-hmm. and but one h- whole half of the property is left unexplored um so yeah we went yeah. out as a group um into there and you know with a compass mm-hmm. and map and, and uh just sort of found a place that looked you know like we would actually like to stay there for the night uh we found firewood and um just a place that looks comfortable you know uh, I suppose like like pioneers would have you know like in the last century um is sort of the the feel of it you know you really get to decide anywhere um and you're with a group uh so you you sort of help each other out, but there's definitely an individual uh focus.
0: And do you go in there and kind of, um, like divide responsibility saying, okay, you go gather the wood, you gather the fish. I mean, is, how does that work? Is there a division of labor or, or what typically happens?
1: Yeah, I think almost always in Boy Scouts, there's, um, a sort of, it's sort of collaboration, um, mm-hmm. that it develops where, uh, they use the term like, you know, eager service, um where after, after going through every job, you know, being assigned every job when you're younger, you know, this person has to do the dishes and this person has to gather firewood. Mm -hmm. Um, You just start to accept your place. And so by the time you're a little bit older and start to do things on your own, like wilderness survival, it's, um, you're a little bit more, uh, I guess you have your own initiative and, Mm -hmm. um, everyone just sort of finds their place. So yeah. Uh, people normally just see what needs to be done um and the nice thing about scouts is that there's there's really no complainers you know um it's a really active group of people
0: that's great and everyone pulls their weight with that so what um task did you really seem to enjoy and and focus more on
1: i um i would actually say cooking Oh, and that, the that's probably...
0: oh, and that's a perfect topic here. So, tell us, John, how did you cook, and what did you cook in the wilderness? Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's really great. Um, I've done I've done a lot of things on Boy Scout campouts. Um, on uh, on that event, uh, we grilled steaks on a bonfire.
0: And you uh, didn't have I'm, to hunt for the steaks, right? Were you able to bring your own <laughs> food supply? or We, or we brought our it? own
1: food for this okay. one. We did purify our own water.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: But, yeah, we had food with us. Um, and one of the great things that I wanted to bring up that is sort of a Boy Scout tradition that I love is um, this really easy cobbler. Like, after dinner is all set, Mm-hmm. and everyone sort of settled in for the night and around the bonfire,
0: right. we
1: throw on these Dutch ovens into the coals. Um, and all it is, is um, like canned fruit, um, whatever sort of like candies or like chocolates and uh cake mix. Um, and some like soda.
0: Oh, and
1: it bakes into this nice, like sort of like a, like an apple crumble, like a, Uh, a cobbler um, that is just, it's just all contained in these, like in this canned fruit. And you wouldn't think that just something that sounds so simple um, when you're out there and you're making it yourself and there's nothing else around. um, You're really appreciative of something (laughs) sweet like that.
0: Oh, that is great, so it's just canned fruit and and chocolate, like hershey's or, or just some chocolate bar that you throw in,
1: yeah, yeah, like little like uh like Hershey's kisses or like little candy pieces
0: oh okay, and, uh, okay. and cake mix and cake um, mix and then um soda, like uh you know like coca-cola or like, sprite or what kind of like sprite, yeah, wow. And then, how long do you do? You have to stir it, or <laughs> what it's, do you? Have to... um,
1: yeah, no, it's it's a very uh, it's so you're it's it's limited by the methods. So all you have is Dutch ovens, mm-hmm. which are really difficult to work with. So you've got to put it's just a a, a cast iron pot, mm-hmm. um, and you've got to put coals underneath it, and then once you've got the cake mix in. Um, you've just got to let it sit. It's got to become a little oven in there, so you can't open it to really check on it. Um, And then you've got to put coals on the lid over it um, so that it cooks evenly around it. Uh, And it's, you know, it's tough. It's not as easy as uh, an oven.
0: No, (laughs) especially on the campfire. So what was your greatest lesson, I guess, in the wilderness in learning to survive?
1: I, uh, I think I really learned to, um, appreciate the community more. I did, um, I did a two week canoeing trip in, uh, the boundary waters between Minnesota and Canada. And, um, that was a really, it was a really reflective time. You know, you have so much downtime and you're away from civilization Mm. and you just, you really, you end up liking everyone that you came there with, you know, if they Mm -hmm. annoyed you a little bit uh, on the car ride up and things like that, (laughs) you really just, you forget about it. Um, And you become just, you're really glad that you're there. Uh, I think, you know, you think of all, I always find myself complaining and thinking about the hassle of going out to camp and things while I'm at home. But once Mm -hmm. you're there, it's, it's really worth it.
0: Well, it sounds like a title of a book, two weeks in a canoe. (laughs) 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 and did you have to do a lot of paddling
1: (laughs) oh that was a rough trip that's um, the way it works is um, you know so Minnesota is like land of 10,000 lakes Uh, Mm -hmm. it's um, they're not all connected so you have to Mm -hmm. you know wherever whatever distance you're traveling you have to canoe across you know whatever lake in any direction um, and then walk your canoe you have to pick everything up onto your back, including the canoes, and it gets really, really heavy. Um, <laughs> and then walk it to the next lake where you can start canoeing again. Uh, which so that's called portaging, where you
0: portaging. Okay.
1: Take everything but, out of the canoe, uh, yeah. and it's 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 uh it's pretty exhausting. Oh, uh, wow. But it's it's such a beautiful country that <laughs> it's really worth it.
0: That does sound great. I must admit, and I don't—I have not shared this with all my listeners, but a few know—I had a nightmare of a kayak experiment. Oh, experience in uh, Hawaii once on the Waimea River. Our kayak—it was more—they called it a triak—and it was like the seven forty-seven of <laughs> kayaks. <laughs> and my daughters, Melissa and Katie, were much younger, and. And I don't know how they expected the three of us to paddle this kayak, triak down down the river and long story short, we were paddling, you know, against the current and we ended up tipping over.
1: Oh and, no. Oh,
0: I know. It was like, oh no. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. So, I have great respect for you to spend two weeks in a canoe. That is quite an accomplishment for sure, but I have to know you know as as a parent I mean, does anyone have a cell phone I mean, is there a plan you know um an evacuation plan in terms of an emergency i mean what what do you do on these trips
1: you know i uh I don't know i um, certainly the scouts don't have cell phones. Um, okay. but I really, I've never had an emergency out there. Um, okay. I don't know what the, the plan would be. I mean, there, there are other people that you run into, um, okay. occasionally, you know, uh, there are other people on your similar situation. Um, but, uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty daunting that a uh, rescue would not be so easy.
0: Wow. Wow, and you survived the wilderness. And kind of the last stop before getting your Eagle Scout um, was to go to Scotland. Can you just briefly share a few highlights about that trip?
1: Yes, this is, um, this is a great tradition that my troop has. Um, we have sort of an exchange troop um, in Scotland, in Glasgow. And um, we've been in contact for over 20 years. Uh, the Scoutmasters are old friends and, uh, they have a long tradition of coming here because they're really eager to see America. And Mm. I think in general, they're just very excited about traveling. And, uh, my troop is a little bit smaller, uh, and it's always been difficult for us to get enough initiative really to get someone to plan a trip to Europe. Um, you know, it's really expensive Yeah. Um, and it's not something that a lot of families are willing to, uh, commit to. Um, so actually my brother who is 14 years older than me, Mm -hmm. he went when he was, um, a freshman in high school. In so he went in 1992 and then my troop hadn't been back to Scotland until, uh, this year. So it was, we were filling quite a gap in time, uh, but they had come to visit us almost every year in between. Oh. Um, so it was nice though. It was, uh, it was, we really got our, we got the most out of the trip. I think uh, we stayed in five cities wow. uh, between youth hostels and um, uh, camping mm-hmm. just in, in, tents and staying with host families in Scotland Um, So it was a very nice. It was a nice way to experience uh, the United Kingdom, I guess. Uh, I didn't feel like a tourist there.
0: That's great. That is oh, that is great. And and you are actually keeping up family tradition too, because your oldest brother is an Eagle Scout as well. Is that correct?
1: He is. He is.
0: That's terrific. That is great. Well, what do you think? the takeaway can be um, in terms of why uh, young boys should get involved in scouting at a young age. Um, and for those of us who, you know, are not Boy Scouts and, and all of that, what is the takeaway from your Boy Scout experience that can really benefit the listeners to hear about?
1: Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I had to give a little speech in my ceremony uh, the other day. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot like life, I think is, um, really all that I can say. It's like I mentioned, you know, like you, like you mentioned with my first project idea, Mm -hmm. it, it didn't work out. Uh, you know, there's not, there's no clear line. Um, and Boy Scouts really, it really plays to the strength of whatever the scout wants to do. Um, and it totally depends on his own initiative. It's not something that his parents can do for him. Um, unlike a lot of activities, um, it really, it really just depends on the scout. Hmm. And for me, like looking back, I had all these points in the road, especially in middle school where being a boy scout is very unpopular (laughs) And, uh, I definitely, you know, you get some giggles, you're still a Boy Scout, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I definitely had a lot of points where I thought that Boy Scouts might not be for me. Um, that, you know, I just, maybe I felt too old for it or something like that. Um, but as soon as I really got to leadership positions and I saw the impact I could have on younger Scouts, yeah. And, um, and I really started seeing a lot of the adults in the organization as really great people and, uh, really mentors to me, um, that all sort of changed. And I got a new perspective, you know, from being taught to becoming a teacher and a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all, it all culminates in Eagle where you, you know, you're on this, like you're on your own journey, um, where it's up to you to really decide which, which path you're going to take. And, um, looking back, I just have this great, you know, a lot of ups and downs, but like going away from it, stepping back this Mm -hmm. huge support network of all these people I've met along the way, all these great memories. Um, it's just been a wonderful experience.
0: Oh, and that's, and, and the, the incredible gift, if, if you could share with the listeners, the incredible gift, and I, I assume it was a surprise that the people of Crow Creek sent to you to commemorate your becoming an Eagle Scout. Could you share about that?
1: Yes, uh, I was I was deeply honored by this. Um, so what I received was it's just known as an eagle feather. Um, it's it, and it's usually attached to. Um, a pipe, a wooden pipe, mm-hmm. um, which is about a foot long. It's mm. not, um, it's not like a traditional pipe. And, um, what it really is, it's, it's a peace pipe, uh, like you would think of, mm. and it's not used to smoke tobacco. It's, um, it's not like narcotics or anything. It's just, right. um, it's just like a symbolic thing. It's just tree bark that they put in it.
0: Um,
1: and so suspended from this like beautiful, uh, pipe is an actual eagle feather. And only, you know, because it's such a protected species, um, only Native Americans can actually get their hands on an eagle feather, uh, from the government. Um, so to be in the possession of one is really fantastic. Um, so because they're so rare, nice. that's really they're one of their highest honors Aww. is, um, to be presented with one.
0: And this was from the same reservation, right? Where you had served?
1: It was. It was was from the people I met there.
0: More meaning. And I do want to mention that listeners, you can make a difference in the lives of the people of Crow Creek. Uh, There's a great organization um, called uh, Brothers Brothers Keeper. uh, Mm -hmm. And, you can visit um let's see, is there do you know is there a website for that specifically or do something dot org? I believe it is do somethinggood dot org and uh look up brothers keepers and that uh they have ongoing projects where you can help the people of Crow Creek on reservation. Right, exactly. Oh, this is great. Well, talking about blazing new trails, (laughs) John, you're about to blaze a new trail in um, college at University of Chicago. Congratulations for being accepted to this excellent, excellent place of academia. Um, And could you share with um, the listeners about the strategy, of course you have to study hard and, and earn those grades, but going beyond that, how students can really enhance their resume or lack of a better word, for for the application to, to really stand out. Could you share some of your tips on that and what you did?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um and this is this is also on my blog, um which I'm sure will uh come yeah. up if um uh, it 's sort of been a really long journey for me. I started looking at colleges um when I was a freshman mm-hmm. and i 'm I should say that i 'm really glad that I started looking then because um everything 's changed a lot from what I thought I initially wanted. I thought I initially wanted to go into business into finance mm-hmm. um, at a huge university. Um, like, state university. And then I did, like, a complete 180 and was looking at small liberal arts colleges on the East Coast to study, like, humanities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think by the time I got to my senior year, I was really confident in my choice because I had looked at so many options um, that I wanted something in between those two. Um, The University of Chicago is a very medium-sized university, um, very intimate feel for the undergraduates. Oh, there's only 5,000
0: yes. and a Gothic architecture. I love it. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's a beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but still a lot of, you know, a, a huge amount of options, yeah. um, what yeah, to the study yeah, there. I
0: think. Definitely. And
1: um, yes. So, uh, back to your question. Sorry. Um, I think what I tried to do was and this it helped. It really did help that I was looking at colleges and sort of looking to see what I would do there. Right. Um but I wanted to develop kind of a story for myself. So for me, my Eagle project played a huge role. Um you know, having done this um this huge project on my own and had this cultural experience. Um right. that was something I really wanted to share. And also the academic experiences that you had mentioned. Um,
0: yeah, that right. I went like, yeah, to yeah, Harvard. You
1: know, <laughs> right? And and um and it was it was my the summer before my senior year before I was doing my applications was really interesting because I had been planning my Eagle Project. Uh, school ended and I left for South Dakota for two weeks. Hmm. And the day I got back, I was on a plane to Harvard for two months. Wow. Um, so it was this huge, you know, culture contrast. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but I really, I think my my main essay was about that summer, was about how, you know, Native American culture tied into Harvard. And this wasn't, this didn't conflict at all. It was, you know, they both are like a part of me. um, And that, like, I guess moving forward, I'll have that same sort of initiative is what I really wanted to show. Yes. You know, that you can do interesting things and um, meet new people and just make great relationships and make the most of college. I think that's what they really want to see.
0: And, and these summer programs that you participated in, would you recommend that to students to do these college-level uh, undergraduate uh, programs during the summer prior to right. um, mm-hmm, while they're in high school?
1: People ask me about these a lot. Um, because uh a lot of people just haven't heard of them. You know, they don't they don't realize uh that they're an option for high schoolers. Um and so I guess it's different than like camps that people think of. Um, you know, maybe they take like summer courses at a community college where it's sort of camp based and like right. there's no credit involved. Um and so even and I did these when I was younger. And then at the high school level, there's a lot of similar things. So there's a lot of like writing workshops um, Mm -hmm. and things at very good schools like Brown and Columbia both have programs like this um, where you sort of just like explore different topics um, and kind of see where your career interests lie maybe or, you know, maybe do pre-professional camps or another thing. Um, A lot of people do, you know, medical camps or law camps and things like that. Just to see if they like it mm-hmm. um, those are great, and I think they're a great way to invest, but you should right. just know that they're not for credit. Hmm. so all three of the programs that I did actually were for credit, so I was taking real college classes and getting uh, real college credit, which I think um, they're they're geared towards a more independent crowd uh you know you don't have mm-hmm. advisors, you have really. Just yourself, you know it's your responsibility to live on campus and right. to take care of yourself and to uh figure out your coursework um and I so really like that independence
0: and, and I'm sorry even as a freshman i guess it would be the summer of your fresh after your freshman year, you lived on your own at was what, was your first one was it northwestern right on campus and yes. Yeah. Wow, it was
1: after my sophomore year.
0: Oh, after your sophomore, one. okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And the and, classes, yeah, I was the youngest person there. Oh, and the classes that you took there will transfer then to University of Chicago. Right. You'll get college credit at the actual university where you ultimately are attending from your summer classes at Harvard, Yale, and Northwestern throughout your high school years. That's right. That is great. So you start yeah. out with, uh, how many courses, how many courses had you taken throughout the summers then?
1: Uh, I had taken, um, so I had taken two each summer. So it's, I mean, it's, uh, six classes total, um, that are all, you know, full credit courses. Um, so it's, in addition to, you know, just getting credit, it's a great way to explore, you know, your, your interests. And now I think I've at least, I've at least explored a lot of avenues and I learned a lot what I don't want to study. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helped me, I feel very focused going into college. I guess I can say that. And, and that's um, huge. <laughs> really, and it really gets you excited, you know, and sort of, you sort of forget sometimes in high school, because there's such a, you're so busy and there's such a flurry of activity. You, you stop liking learning, you know, at a certain point. Yeah. And it becomes a chore. And then being at these great universities over the summer, you have so much freedom and it's, uh, it's people who have chosen to be there. Um, and so my classes have just been really fantastic. And I think definitely my favorite course, um, was like this where everyone just came extremely passionate. Uh, it was on the Holocaust at uh, Harvard Divinity School, and that was just the experience of a lifetime. you know you get to go through um, all these primary sources and make these huge you know these huge implications of what happened uh, and it 's just it 's very exciting and I think it really got me excited for learning in college and you know hopefully for the rest of my life and that was the point where I thought I really want to be a professor for the rest of my life, you know, that this is my, this is my place.
0: That's your calling. Oh, and you just have such a professorial air here and you're, you know, you're great at sharing and encouraging and, and on your blog. And I want to encourage the listeners, um, please visit John Catlin's blog called college review by J hyphen cat, C A T dot blogspot.com and I'll make sure we put a link on the kitchen chat website on webtalkradio.net as well. Uh, because John, you provide such great insights to parents as well as the students in terms of these programs um, and, and that people really aren't aware of. I was not fully aware that you, you could get undergraduate college level courses and take credit during high school. And that's a great way to stand out from from other applicants, so that that is just terrific. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your experiences about becoming an Eagle Scout, uh, how to uh, enjoy Indian tacos, and um, yeah. also the uh, cobbler. That sounds great, and and your life experiences. I mean, for someone so young, you have truly. I encountered some great life experiences that, that even, you know, midlifers as myself can, can take away from and, and learn something. <laughs> and, and you have achieved so much getting the Eagle Scout, um, a huge congratulations on that. And, and all the best as you blaze new trails in the world of academia and, and listeners, I encourage you, encourage you to, um, to follow John's pathway, uh, it, it, I just know you have great things ahead of you. And, and thank you for being so grounded in, in who you are and, and caring so much for, for, for culture and uh, the service projects that you did for the people of Crow Creek. That truly leaves a heartprint in, in the lives of so many people uh, by making a difference like that. So thank you so much again, John Catlin. This is Margaret McSweeney. And thank you everyone for joining me in my kitchen today on Kitchen Chat. And I hope you'll come back next week and um, enjoy the, the day as well. So please just make a difference today somehow and savor the day.